Hello and welcome to Free from the Real, episode 135, brought to you by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com and CapeFearGames.com. You can do us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com and MTGCast.com. I'll be one of your hosts, the ever-present AJ. With me is the redoubtable Kia Soleil. Hey, everybody. And the unstoppable Sebastian Park. Sup. This is, ever is the Free From Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and uh, aspects of the offline game which affect us. And the big news story, of course, is Innistrad. Kia, have you seen anything interesting that will uh, change the face of um, Magic Forever? I don't know about all that, but uh, there is a, one card that's interested. I'm really interested in. Um, whenever new sets come out, especially the big sets... There are two big things that I look for. One is always land, because I love land, and so I'm happy that we're getting those off-colored uh, new, like, base set lands. I don't even know exactly what to call them, but the dual lands that we have in standard right now. The other thing I typically look for is to see if they've reprinted a new one-mana, three-damage, like, lightning bolt spell, just because I like to play, like, bolt.deck and, like, legacy and stuff like that. And interestingly enough, they did. Kind of. Uh, we have a new card called Bump in the Night. It is a sorcery that target opponent loses three life. And it is one mana. It is one black mana, though. Uh, it also has flashback of five and a red. But even still, I mean, like, if you, if I'm looking to play, like, some kind of burn deck in Legacy where you're already playing, like, Lightning Bolt, uh, Lava Spike, Chain Lightning, all those, this could fit in very easily because Badlands could sneak into the deck no problem. Mm-hmm. And the flashback makes it, um, Comparable to fireballs in some cases. Yeah, yeah in theory, it's I mean, slightly, makes it slightly more playable. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I don't know if it'll do anything. If it would make its way into some kind of burn deck in standard, but for that purpose, I do enjoy it, that it's in existence. Yeah. Essentially, lava spike in black with a little bonus. Yeah, well, lava spike did have its own bonus for that matter. But yeah, I guess if you want to call arcane a bonus. In some ways, yes. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We'll, we'll say it counts for something. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what about you, AJ? Anything you see? One thing which um, I really like about the flavour of Innistrad, apart from the whole uh, really awesome horror setting, which, from a purely flavour standpoint, they've um, pretty much rung every bell in the book is the um, mad scientist trope, which they've tapped into heavily with uh, quite a few cards. Um, uh, one in particular, laboratory, ma- laboratory Maniac, a creature human wizard. If you draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Which, um, it's... I do quite like alternate win conditions, and this one, decking yourself is not that difficult if you've uh, got a good blue deck. No, very true. I am hoping my dream now is for someone to play that against me, and then I want to wait, and then during their upkeep of the turn when they have no cards in the library, I want to shock it. <laughs> multiple times, yeah, multiple yeah. counter spells. Just have like shock again, again, again. Yep. Lightning <laughs> bolts. I don't care. That it's not illegal in this. It's not legal in this format. Okay, incinerate it. But no, that would that would be the fun. Just to sit there and be like, you got to the point. You you've done it. You congratulations. You still lose. And then they, once you've done all those uh, shocks and so forth, but before they resolve, cantrip draw spell. 
Actually, uh, I had something similar. When I was at the year I won states, I was actually playing Battle of Wits mm-hmm. as mostly as a joke, uh, but I did manage to go on a win. But in round, I think it was like three or four, I ran into a blue-black mill deck, which <laughs> when I'm playing 260 cards is pretty humorous. But one game, he actually managed to pretty much mill me out. Like he traumatized me, and then he traumatized and twin cast it, and he traumatized like, and then he glimpsed of nature and glimpsed of nature again. Or not Glimpse of Nature, uh, Glimpse of Unthinkable. Yep. And he did this over and over again, and literally, he milled out my entire deck. I drew my last card, the very last card in my deck. Unfortunately for him, it was Clutch of the Undercity, and he was at three life. <laughs> so I bounced the permanent, and he lost three life. And he was like, I, I milled you, and I still lost. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Good time. Uh, or what deck up. is this, baby? I mean... You knew you were going to win, though. Like, you probably looked through your graveyard and was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, there's only, what could that last card be? Let me go through these 248 cards here. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, <laughs> win. Oh, dear. But no, that's, an int- it's a fun little card, and yeah, you're right. It goes very well with the the theme of the set and all the, the and not just the, the overall horror concepts, and it fits well in that. Mm-hmm. Right along with that, the one I like, and actually might be playable in some capacity because of its other ability, the deranged assistant. That uh, it's one in a blue for a one-one, mm-hmm. and you tap it to put, and you tap it and put the top card of your library into your graveyard to add a mana to your mana pool. It's essentially a reprint of Milliken with color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in this instance, it fits very well. A, it fits in the blue because of the concept, you know, the Igor assistant who wanders around and helps out Doctor Frankenstein. Yep. Um, but also. Because there's a lot of graveyard-themed stuff, having things in your graveyard, cards with flashback, like it's really not a, a drawback at all. It's actually a bonus to be milling yourself out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a flavor text is quite amusing as well. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me a lot of, um, what was it? Black Enchantment from Urza Dead. Carnival of Souls. Yes. <laughs> it's like, devil, bless those elves, devil, do this. No one cares, it's my birthday. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yep. Anything uh, grab your eye then, uh, Sebastian? Well, I mean, I still really like the flashback fireball. I think it's a great card. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's one of those cards where it's like, oh, I want this card. But I mean, beyond that, like, obviously, as as he has mentioned, the lands are just absolutely beautiful. And I finally got to see the actual cards of the lands. I was like, oh wow, they look beautiful too. That's <laughs> that's sort of a relief. You just never know about that kind of thing. But in terms of, like, just a random card where you wouldn't expect, like, someone like me to like, and I was just like, wow, that seems really cool, I would have to say that, like, Silent Departure seems like a card that I might be interested in playing in draft, which is just random, but it's the uh, one blue unsummon that has flashback. And I just love the flashback mechanic as, like, a, a rule of thumb, just because it's it's great in that you can just, like, oh, bounce a creature, oh, Bounce him again. It's, yeah, I'm just pretty uh, crazed about that. In addition to, like, you know, the, obviously the uh, the take on Delve, which was unfortunate because that means Delve won't be in the format, but um, mm-hmm. the, yeah, like, Scab Ruinator, which is a 5-6 for 3, which has, and flying, and basically you can cast him from anywhere, from your, uh, from your hand or your graveyard, and whenever you cast him, like, X out three creature cards, which is, it's pretty good, but, like, would prefer Delve. 
Yeah. It was actually interesting. Uh, Mark Rosler's article today, he talked about Delve, and he talked about how when he designed that mechanic in, in Future Sight, it was for this set, like this horror-themed set that he had been planning on making for like 10 years. So, and it was originally in the set, and it was it went in the design file, and it got shipped off. But somewhere along the way, it got derailed for various reasons, like it just didn't work out. But he actually explained and went through. He's like, "Yeah, when I thought of Delve, it was for when we play, when we finally got to do this block." Mm-hmm. So, I believe it. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it probably has something to do with the fact that Delve was really strong, like really strong. Yeah, yeah, Tombstalker was amazing, and I mean. It, it, it could have been anyway, but I mean, all every time they they do they try ways to do free and reduced costs of things, and it just always ends up being a mistake. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously the solution is just to make the two mana card a five six from the get go. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's the easiest way to do it, which they did. So. Yep. Although oddly enough, uh, Delve can help um, counteract that a little. Yeah, which is why Delve was a great card during that format. It's it's really interesting to see, like in retrospect, like playing all those really broken Future Sight cards. Like we didn't realize at the time, but Future Sight was a great set for Power Level because it pretty much destroyed Power Level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had just so many random mechanics that it, unfortunately just they came out great. You know, Bridge from Below, Tomb Stalker, uh, Tarmogoyf, like Nakromido, Nakromido, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, because I was, I was playing Dredge, like, all the time when that set was previewed, and as soon as I saw Nark Amoeba and Bridge from Below, I was just like, why, why did they do this? <laughs> like, do they want Dredge to be that good? <laughs> I'm surprised Mark, Nark Amoeba is in this set, actually. It's not, rather. Well, it doesn't really fit in, it's, um, Nark Amoeba, uh, Amoeba of Sleep, it doesn't really fit in with the whole spiritual, uh, demons, ghosts, goblins, well, not goblins, thankfully. Um, werewolves, vampires. Yeah, I, I, mean, the, I don't see that we're ever going to see that card come back. Is the thing. I mean, <laughs> just looking back, I just remember Co- like Coalition Relic was really good, and that was one of the worst cards in the set, right? All the suspend mechanic cards, where you have like, um, like Dryad Arbor sees a ton, ton of play. Edge of Autumn was like the engine for a deck. Yep. You know, like. Yeah, it was really good. Pyromancer Swath is from Future Sight. Pyromancer Swath is from, like Gatham Raiders like, was a really key part in Red Decks for a while. Yeah, for a while. Oh, um, I love that card. Yeah, brilliant. Glittering Wish, remember that card, guys? Like, mm-hmm. and then like all the awesome dual lands, like Dragon Canes, Grove of the Burn Willows. Oh my God, yeah. so much broken. It was a great set, but this is yeah. hopefully indestructible. You can see measured up. It's shaping up to be pretty good. Um, yeah, I agree. Mean, the balanced. <laughs> yeah. And one thing which uh, did catch my eye, because um, uh, back in the day I had a um, uh, mainly kaleidoscope deck using uh, various persistent creatures, is Gavany Township. Uh, tap, add one to your mana pool. Two colorless, one green, one white. Tap, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> now, the other thought was, um, that goes in alongside um, uh, the old sapling generator uh, rather well as well, the same cost. Oh, yeah, um, the tree. Yeah. Whatever it was, from Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the um, Selesnian... Um, Selesnian yeah. Uh, 
I'm glad they're doing the like those lands because I mean we've got a couple of them previewed. We have the the green white one which you've talked about, the red green one which gives plus O and tramp plus X plus O and trample. Yeah. And then a blue white one that makes tokens. I love like I'm, that's one of the things I know I'm going to be excited about the set is because there are t- at least ten rare lands in the set because we have two cycles of rare lands and I love it. I love lands and I love rare lands. The plus X plus zero and trample one reminds me very strongly of the Gruul land from. Uh, uh, the Ravnica block as well. They do seem to be almost um, uh, reaching back and touching on a number of those. I mean, a 1-1 one, one token generator land, a um, couple of pump lands, it's, it's, and of course Ghost Quarter itself. Might as well uh, get one of the original Ravnica lands back just yeah, to be back. I mean, yeah, I mean, it fits in perfectly with the theme of the set and with Tectonic Edge rotating out, it'll fill that spot just very nicely, so that's a good one. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. A lot of my friends have been waiting a ton of money, t- uh, tons and tons of money playing Ravnica drafts. It's just such a fun format. Yeah. And a few things which remind uh, uh, the setting of that, I mean, you've got the, um, well, if they don't have basic land types themselves, they interact with them. Uh, dual lands in enemy colors, you've got the, all sorts of, and of course, Shimmering Grotto's back for fixing it's not, yeah. not the world's greatest uh, fixing card, but it's a decent cheap one. But I think it's really good, especially for limited. One of the things that a card will be really cool for is giving you access to off-color flashbacks mm. that you might not otherwise have access to. Because we have a lot of cards that are like, there's like a green card that's black flashback, the spell we were talking about earlier with black and red flashback. It'll be really cool to enable you to do, like, on top of helping out with your second color, or if you are splashing to do that, it'll enable you to do flashback on cards that you might otherwise not be able to. Yeah, well, there's a couple of cards which we've seen already, such as uh, Daybreak Ranger Stroke Nightfall Predator, which is the uh, green card with the um, uh, tap deals two damage creature with flying, and when it's in werewolf mode, uh, red tap fights target creature. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that. There's things like that all over the set in all sorts of colours which aren't what's on the face of their card. Yeah. Well, I just think that was the kind of the perfect land to fit into that spot for this particular set to, to help out and limit it in that particular way. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. One card I thought was interesting, mostly because I kept misreading it. And so every time when I would read it, I would figure it out differently. And I was it was kind of like that Sims episode where Homer buys the, the doll that is uh, cursed. I was like, ooh, that's good. Oh, wait, no, that's bad. <laughs> oh, wait, good. Oh, no, that's bad. And that was uh, Spider Spawning. Yes. Uh, when I first read it, it said four and a green, and I was read, put a t- one, two spider creature token with reach onto the battlefield. And then I just saw the flashback and kind of stopped reading, and I was like, oh, that sucks. Uh, then I read it again, and I, I thought it said put a one, two spider token for each card in your graveyard. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I reread it yet again and realized it said creature card. Because I was like, why would they do that? And then I was like, oh, it's creature card. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> why did they do that to you? <laughs> it was very rude of them to have me misread that card so many times. <laughs> it's um, yeah, decent enough uh, limited token generator, I suppose, but um, yeah. not the world's greatest card. No. Yeah, it definitely stomps flying ducks, like with all the, all the two, one, three, one flyers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd have been that'd have been a beating in uh in base in M12 limited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's see. 
Any other new and interesting cards in there? I think that's covers all the cool stuff. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple of uh, fun things like uh, Blasphemous Act, which is a uh, nine mana sorcery which costs less one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield and deals 13 damage to each creature. It does make you wonder: is it are they, are they going to um, have a uh, 14 toughness creature or 13 toughness creature? Good question. I think that's just their insurance against like token decks being overpowered. <laughs> Pretty big tokens. Yeah. Well, you got Lud- oh, just, in- just in case. <laughs> you do have Ludovic's Abomination, which is the um, zero three, which flips into a thirteen thirteen. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, but after you invest like what sixteen mana into it. Well, yeah, after, after you invest, it depends how you play it. I mean, I was thinking of doing it with um, uh, training grounds from. Uh, Razi Eldrazi. So that's uh, two to play, five to uh, convert to a 13-13, which isn't too bad for Blue. Yeah. But I mean, it would just be, it, it wouldn't be the card it would be if it didn't do that, because it would be weird to make it a nine-cost card that deals like four damage to each creature. Yeah. That wouldn't make sense. And then, I mean, if you do have to pay like full price, or if you have to pay six for it, like you're going to want it to do something amazing. And 13 damage for sure will clear everything out. I don't know, I think it's just kind of the way they ended up having to design it. And 13 is just a goofy number. The thought occurs that you will never, ever have to play, never have to pay 9 mana for it. Yeah, unless you're being mind-slavered and your opponent would make you. I'll give you that, yes. But uh, there's no way that you would. Yeah, you, you would never cast this for 9 mana. <laughs> unless you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was your spell you I just, to cast. No, yeah, I, I just don't yeah, have mana burn anymore, so it doesn't matter as much, but... I guess the last card we have to mention is Walking Corpse. OMG Power Creep. Two yeah. mana, two, two, and black. Oh no, scathe zombies will never be the same again. I know, now we'll opt to just, I might as well just throw them all away. They're they're useless now. Yeah. Uh, well, you can use them as tokens now. <laughs> Fair enough. Or, uh, you need 13 of them after all. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll just keep using them as bookmarks. You use them for something? I use them for bookmarks. You underestimate my power to start reading a book and not finish it. There is that. I just True story. It. I used momentary blink for all my bookmarks for just that reason. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Target books is no longer read. Yeah. I remember my uh, my girlfriend started stealing my my some magic cards to use as bookmarks herself, and then one day I, I saw she was reading, and I noticed she had a ponder that she was using as a bookmark, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to need that back. Yeah, at least it wasn't a Yeah. <laughs> I had to be excited, because then apparently I own a Tarmogoyf. I suppose it could have been worse. It could have been an Orcish Librarian. I have to say, that'd be really funny, though. Yeah. Okay. Right, and moving on. Yes. Now, there's um, been a development in the offline world with the uh, release of everyone's Planeswalker points. Um, uh, for those... Um, you were listening last week, we had Planeswalker points are the uh, system for grading people um, uh, through their entire Magic Online uh, play experience, as opposed to the old uh, ELO ratings, which went down if you didn't play or lost. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, a, it's a cool system. And cool is like, was a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I'm just I, I actually, a lot of talk. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's 
been announced for about a week now, so there, we've heard a lot of people and come out in favor of it, a lot of people come out against it. And I mean, from, from Wizards' point of view, this, it encourages you to play more magic, which is always their bottom line. Yeah. Because more magic and creates more revenue for them in the long run. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, I think it's, I like the system. I think it's pretty cool and I appreciate what it does. And, you know, to those people that sat around in their fat rating waiting for a, a big tournament to come into their area, you know, sorry about you. Yeah, you should be. Cause I am <laughs> sad. I mean, it does definitely hurt the people who play less. Um, and, I mean, so I suppose it's a good thing, right? It rewards the people they want to reward and it hurts the people it doesn't. I mean, it's just, it just also like, I know a lot of people were complaining coming back from a Pro Tour uh, Philly, where they're like, oh, why didn't you guys tell us this on Friday so we could have, like, you know, queued the rating points ahead of time instead of dropping because we, we didn't want to, like, that screwed over. Yeah, exactly. Lose a lot more points. Yeah, they could have kept playing to get additional points, which would be fat. In a, like, the Pro Tour was like a 12x multiplier, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's kind of unfortunate for them on that one. Yep. Still, at least it won't be a problem in the future. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it sound so much cooler to say you're like a level 37 sorcerer than it's like, yeah, I'm a, you know, 22, 85, whatever. <laughs> now like, everyone walk around, it's like, yeah, I'm a level 60 billion mega planeswalker. What's up? <laughs> well, I suppose it uh, doesn't help with much with the uh, D&D crowd. Great thing. Uh, Great, I'm a level 15 wizard uh, 20 archmage on Saturdays. Yeah, but we still went out over them because, you know, we don't wear capes to our events. Well, I guess some people do, but that's another story. What kind of D&D players have you been hanging around here? <laughs> Man, I, used to, I worked at game stores for years. I saw a lot of things that I wish I could unsee. Unsee? Yeah, you can yeah. never unsee. That should be the next black discard spell, unsee. <laughs> <laughs> or better still, probably a um, unglued set uh, counter. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it'll be. I think it'll be interesting to see if they modify because I think one of the things they did is the Magic Online Play Rewards system that we have is similar to that. And it'll be interesting to see if we have that our system morphs more into theirs, like maybe they'll start offering exclusive tournaments that you can qualify for based on your level of points. Will they break them down further than instead of just the lifetime that we have now and then the monthly for getting rewards? It'll be curious to see if that system crosses back over, I guess. What intrigues me is the possibility, uh, well, I do you around when they had the whole uh, 1800 room. Uh, yep, sure. I remember that, yeah. Yep. I was in it. <laughs> Well, I remember I worked hard. I was like, I want to. I was trying to get there, and then I think shortly before I was so close, and then they were like, "We're getting rid of the 1800 room." Like, yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> well, it was. It didn't really serve its purpose. It wasn't helping. Much. No, not at all. Not at all. But the thought occurs that um, now that it's based on the amount played rather than just how good you are, and you can't get unqualified from, say, the associated room, then uh, yeah, you never know. Maybe a uh, Veterans Lounge consisting of the players who've been around practically ever, forever, and those who've uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it really is unfortunate in that sense. Yeah, but it could be used as a um, means of doing so, if you will. Yeah, and again, they could also do like they they do in the real world game, where you have seasons and you have smaller other point totals that are kept track of for a period of time that could earn you those rewards or earn you certain kind of buffs mm-hmm. in some way. Well, we'll see. 
all speculation at this point. But I mean, obviously we know they got rid of the ELO system in real life. They've pretty much gotten rid of it online because it's confined to just you, so it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So. I suspect we probably won't see anything ELO related on the next client, but uh, that's just speculation as well. Yeah. I'm sure that's just wasting time coding something in that'll probably make the system explode that they don't care about. So, yeah, you're probably right. And finally, there's um, been a few card fixes on the uh, update last week. They've uh, fixed a bunch of cards from Alara block, which interacted with cards with creatures dying, which apparently weren't... Um, uh, dying? <laughs> well, the creatures were dying, but they weren't getting the benefit. Mm-hmm. Or at least, at least yeah. now they are. Yeah, and I think that's just that's like splash damage from attempts to get morbid cards working, probably because maybe they're having the same kinds of issues, and so they did a big sweeping change that corrected them all. Yeah, uh, the change to dies terminology may have uh, hit a few things. I'm not sure why, but it might have. Done. Um, also of note is the if you've been unable to get onto Magic Online for the past week. Make sure your computer is running the uh, uh, Microsoft.NET Framework version 4.0 or better. Yep. If you're not making sure it's, it's done that and you can't get into Magic Online, that's why. Yeah, now you know. Because yeah. it's my super sharp. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much all the news we got for you this week. Moving on to prices. And there's been quite a few movements up and down in modern. What stood out, what stood out for you, gentlemen? Uh, well, some interesting stuff. Obviously, the big winners are the what's been called like the Steam Vents combo decks, uh, red, blue, and their red their related cards. You have things like Splinter Twin, which is still it's got a little little extra value. It's now at five seventy five. Uh, Pyromancer Swath has is at five dollars now, and Pyromancer Ascension three seventy five. Those being the three big red enchantment combo enablers. Um, oh, there's some other big winners through the Breach and Blazing Shoal, which were virtually worthless. Up until this recently, are now three and three dollars and four seventy-five respectively. Pretty interesting there. Uh, Ink Moth Nexus is going up. You see it playing standard, and then obviously also in the com- the Blazing Shoal combo deck is at eight. One of the big winners though is recovering pretty hard is Elspeth, who is used in uh, Countercat and other zoo variants, is back up to twenty-three dollars, and there's only one copy in stock. So, mm-hmm. uh, which version of Elspeth? Uh, the Knight Errant from uh, Conflux, yep. or wherever, she, wherever she's originally from. Yeah. Uh, uh, not Elspeth the Rail. No. From a the one that block. makes Knight, Knight of the Reliquary a, an 1818 flyer. That's the one, yes. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing is just to look at is the fact, the incredible impact of free spells in modern. Like, Blazing Shoal is essentially a free spell in this case. And it's at 475, but other ones, including like for the Hive Mind combo and other combo decks, Pact of Negation is now 1550, which is insane. I mean, it makes sense though. I mean, it's like, it's if a, you win on that turn, you don't need the next turn. Yeah, it's better than Force of Will if you're, if you're comboing off that turn, absolutely. And since Force of Will isn't going to ever be in modern, well, most likely not anyway. No, <laughs> unless they change what is legal in modern. Uh, but I mean, you see the same thing, like, free spells inevitably seem to make their way in some kind of deck. Summoner's Pact, which is part of the deck you to search up your progenitus, is at $9. Uh, 
Uh, Pact of the Titan, which is one of the cards used to kill, is at 225. And another card that we're seeing that's uh, free spell that's getting up there is Mindbreak Trap, which is starting to see some play out of the sideboards of a lot of decks to combat these combo decks, is now at $8. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that combo. It's a fairly recent card. Alright. So, all in all, some pretty crazy modern stuff. Uh, I mean, other stuff's starting to drop. You see uh, Vesuva and Cloudpost, and a lot of the cards related to those 12-post decks are starting to come down because they're just not posting the wins that they were in the early days of modern. So, Yep. Uh, really the, the overall price of the format is probably close to the same. It's just shifted into other cards. Yep. Uh, it's been tested in the uh, fires of battle, so to speak, and uh, we've seen how it's been annealed. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, given what happens. We have a banning announcement coming up in a couple of weeks, and then obviously I believe they're playing, I think they're playing Modern at uh, Worlds this year for some number of rounds. So, who knows what'll happen to the format with those those two events. All sorts of wacky things can happen in the world of prices. My thought is it will remain blindingly fast one way or another because people are just too good with that many cards. Yeah. I mean, my personal hope that I would, not hope, I guess, like, I don't know, guess, I would say, it would be to ban Blazing Shoal, just because it doesn't really do anything except inside of a combo deck, which is probably faster than they would like, and probably to unban some some of the the control cards, like Jace and Ancestral Visions. I'm not sure. I would would really like them to unban Ancestral Visions, mostly because I love that card. That's probably a personal bias there. Oh, Ancestral Visions is a truly great card, but let's just leave Jason the sidelines. I, re- I really don't think he would make that big of a difference. I do not think he would be the format-dominating card that he was in Standard. Yeah, but I it, doubt, too. I mean, if, especially if decks are winning at uh, turn two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I know it's hard to remember. There was a time in Standard when Jace wasn't even that good. You know, with, like, Cascade running around. He was, like, he was made his way to, the way he was to try and be the answer to Cascade in Standard. But then yeah, you would cast them a turn Yeah, they would play... But, I mean, they'd play Bloodbraid Elf when you played your Jace. They would hit a Blightning and then kill it and attack you. And you lost two cards. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, kept, he kept control competitive in that environment. Is what he did. But then, obviously, once that rotated, then he dominated it. So in a huge format like Modern, I don't see him making control a 30% market share deck. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, it all depends on that banning announcement. They could surprise us. They could, uh, um, well, they probably will surprise us, just not necessarily in the way we think they will, which well, they will, is eponymous, right? No, yeah, no matter what they do, they will surprise some people, because there are people that say ban nothing. There are people that say unban this. There are people that say ban well, this. Who says so some people will be nothing. surprised. <laughs> I don't know the people who say ban nothing. I, suppose I, think very, I think there's some other people that are like, oh, the format hasn't had time to be solved, and I disagree with that, but... And I think I'm most people would. Pretty sure a consistent turn three is a soft format. Yeah. No, um, I, agree. I agree. Oh, I think there's still plenty of more decks to be dug out and uh, made out of the sheer size of the card pool. I mean, it's... Um, we will see what happens, but uh, there's still more things to be dug out yet. Yeah. And speaking of that, so what, are you, what have you dug out recently, AJ? What have you been playing? Oh, I've... Um, been rebuilding my collection and started with A, Angels, Archons, and All the Tribes, named the Changelings. Uh, took Angels to the um, Weekend Tribal and 
one with a near-perfect record thanks to using Gideon Jura as moat. Because he's just... Yeah, in a creature-based format, the card which essentially neutralises your opponent's creatures completely wins. Yeah, it's, it was like... I think it was Brian Kepler when they were, when they were doing the deck tech on him. He was talking about it. And he was like, Gideon is just, you know, mind slave for your attack step, which is just really good against Sue. <laughs> and so in a creature-based format, yeah, that's probably pretty sick. Yep. If your creatures are bigger than your opponent's, then he's not going to have that many creatures left. Yeah. Not that nice. Well, congratulations, man. Good work. Yeah. Yeah. Good to be back in the saddle, so to speak. And yourself? Uh, well, I because I had qualified, I went ahead and played in the Modern Championships this weekend. Um, I went back and forth, and I thought about continuing countercap, but I went ahead and switched back to combo, uh, steam like Steam Vince, like Pyromancer Swath type stuff. And he regretted his decision. <laughs> I did. Yeah, it did not go well. I should and kicked myself. I should have gone with countercap. And that's what I've been playing most lately, and I was I really liked the way the deck was working out. I ended up going one and two, and I was out. No, you don't. No, you met a game, really. Yeah, yeah. And yourself, Sebastian? Well, I've been uh, lucky to have been able to play R&D drafts again, in that I've been wasting a ton of money playing those drafts. A ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I did get to sneak in a couple of uh, RGD drafts, because it's so awesome. But, yeah. Especially because... Right now, you can't do anything with the packs because it's a tickets-only entry fee. There's not a multi-option. So when you, even when you win the draft, you lose. Draft set you really can't do anything with. Well, you win because you were playing Ravnica, and that's just fun in and of itself, really. Even when you win, you lose. Yeah. And when your opponent plays um, Debtor's Nail, you really lose. Yeah, that was true then, as it is now. Yeah, that was that was not fun. Especially I played I ran into that and the dude played it game three when I hadn't seen it game one or two. That's just frustrating. Yes. You're like now you have this bomb I can't handle and I'm just going to lose. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst. The game three mystery bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a great title title for a um a prog rock album. <laughs> The Game 3 Mystery Bomb. That's the one. Yeah, I would I would listen to that. Yeah, me too. Huh? All right. Well, I think that that will do it for this week's edition. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Well, um, I guess thanks for listening. Uh, you know, Go check out our sponsors, buy some cards from MTGO Traders, and keep reading pure MTGO. Yeah. And go play Magic. True story. Yeah. So... Goodbye, everyone. All right, take it easy. Till next week.